Welcome to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We are taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. I had someone say to me just today, no man knows the day or the hour, right? And I had to look at him, Doug, and go, well, that was true. It actually says no man knoweth the day or the hour, and that means something. Yeah. And so let's talk about what that could mean. Um, there's a lot of Bible that occurred after that statement was made, first of all, which is I find very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I mean, the whole book of Revelation was written after that statement. And so yeah. um, the Bible does give us detailed descriptions of the events leading up to uh, the rapture and the second coming. And so we're going to look at that today and figure out what it says in the Bible Mm-hmm. And what it means to us as the generation that's on this earth right now. Yeah. Which we believe is the generation that will see the second coming of Jesus. Absolutely, we do. Yeah, and so, I mean, this all kind of spawned from, you know, a program we did on Friday. We answered some questions and it generated more questions. So that's always good when that happens because, you know, people are listening and they're paying attention. And when they have questions, well, then it gives us opportunity to... Uh, talk more in depth about what we briefly touched on Friday. So, Well, what's the general idea here with this rapture and second coming? Is it true that most prophecy teachers are going to say that the rapture happens and then seven years later the second coming of Jesus Christ occurs? Yes, that's that's what most people teach. Yes, you're okay. correct. So, and, you know... Uh, Scripture just kind of says the, the exact opposite of that when you look at Scripture. Oh, no, Doug. Uh, we've got a lot of Scripture to look at uh, to prove that, and, and that was one of the points I made the other day was, you know, we actually have 25 Scriptures uh, that, that teach a post-tribulation rapture. Uh, we're only going to touch on a few of those today because that would probably take more than one day to go through all of those. Uh, and so, you know, there's just a few things that... Um, we can look at today to kind of help everybody understand. And, you know, one of the things, the first thing that out of the out of the box there, I wanted to clear up because this was the question we were getting on Friday. As we were speaking about this in the chat there, they were saying the word rapture is not found in the Bible. And that's true. The word rapture is not found in the Bible. Many people, if you even say the word rapture, you're cut off right then because right. it's not a biblical term and everything else you say after this is invalid. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you're, you got a great point. And so uh, a lot of times when I'm talking to people about it, I'll use the term resurrection instead of the word rapture. But it, it does come from a Greek word that's in the Bible, uh, harpazo, which means to snatch out or away. And that's found in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. So that's where we get that term. And that's where the term rapture comes from. Even though the word isn't the word rapture isn't in the Bible, what it means is the the snatching away. And that scripture says it's starting First uh, Thessalonians four seventeen. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up mm-hmm. together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, if most people are saying, most prophecy teachers are saying. The rapture happens and seven years later the second coming occurs. Mm -hmm. That means that we're, 
Well, if that's what most people are saying, then we're going to highlight something different today. Is that right? Yeah, well, we're going to explain when all this takes place. Is it seven years apart? It's not seven years apart. It's actually the same event. I'm looking at you the way everyone else is listening to you. <laughs> I know. Right? Um, so that means that you want to share this video because more than likely your friends and family have been taught that these are two separate events that are seven years apart, and we're going to tell you something differently today. And so this is information that uh, more than likely you either need to hear again or maybe you're hearing it for the very first time. So if you are, we ask you to please be patient with us. Don't just turn us off now because we're telling you that Um, We're going to say something different than your favorite teacher. We don't want to come across as being jerks or trying to be mean about things. At the end of the day, what we always say regarding the rapture is, we want everyone to be born again. And you may have a different perspective on the rapture than we do. We're not going to be mad at you about that. We want you to be born again above everything else. Because it is very true that today is some people's last day. And you're not going to be here Uh, when the rapture occurs, if you're passing away today. And so uh, we find it to be much more important to uh, be born again. And you can learn more about being born again at endtime.com slash reborn. And uh, we encourage everyone to go there and read that uh, post. But regarding the timing of the rapture, don't get so mad at us that you won't at least listen to what we have to say. And we've been prayerful about this. We're seeking the Lord and we want guidance from the Spirit to be able to say it in a way Uh, that you'll receive it. And so uh, we pray that that you can be patient with us as we try to explain these two events today. Yeah. You might want to go get a pen and a tablet or some paper so you can jot down some notes. Yeah, I mean, why not? Jot down some notes. Go back and look at it for yourself and decide if if you agree with what we're saying that Scripture says. Well, one one thing we try to do here is explain what Scripture says, and that's what we find... Uh, to be so interesting, Doug, because so many people, they'll come to us and they'll say, I don't understand prophecy. Mm-hmm. It's all the, you've got to know all this Greek and you've got to know all this Latin and you've got to know all these different languages to be able to tie all these things together. And we just are like, let's just look at what the Bible says and look at what's happening. And it ends up being pretty clear. And people, you can see people, the light turn on for people and they go, I've never heard anyone teach it this way. Yeah, This is so clear. And so we try to make things clear and understandable for everyone. And I, I, as a student myself, I, I feel like that we do a good job um, at doing that with all the content that's produced at End Time. And so um, I pray that, that um, students are ready because I believe when the student's ready, the teacher will appear in all things. And if you are... Um, uh, too sold on your opinion, you're probably never going to learn anything else. And so, yeah, I just try to come to everything with an open mind. There you go. That's the way to do it. But today we're talking about the rapture. Yes. And it seems to be a little harder to do that. You can give us a call if you have uh, rapture questions or second coming questions. We're going to focus on that today. Maybe it's about the tribulation. That's kind of tied in there. Uh, the number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'd love to hear from you today. I also want to remind you that this month's very special because it would have been Irvin Baxter's 77th birthday month. And we like to celebrate big around here. That's just kind of how we do things every week. But... Uh, this month was special because of Irvin's uh, birthday month. And so we've made his foundational content, Understanding the End Time, Revelation Volume 1 and 2, 
and even Irvin's Last Words, which is a five-disc set. Uh, we've made it available for some life-changing deals. Go to endtime.com slash birthday or give us a call at 800-END-TIME, 800-363-8463. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norville. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'd love to hear from you today. You know, at one point, End Time Ministries was pre-trib, Doug. Did you know that? I did. I guess it was prior to End Time technically being formed. Yeah. But our founder, Irvin Baxter, was pre-trib. And um, he uh, felt like at one point that he needed to study it a little more. And he came out of those studies um, not believing that way anymore. And so, again, I'll reiterate, if you don't believe like we do, that's okay. Stick around. We want to be your friend anyway. Uh, we prioritize people being born again far above where their stance is on the rapture. And so stick around. We'd love to have you. There's many people that watch our show every single day that aren't post-tribulation, uh, that their opinion is, is not post-tribulation rapture. And so that's okay. Stick around. We can all learn from each other. That's our hope today is that we can explain this perspective. And uh, hopefully it becomes clearer for people. There's two important scriptures that refer to the rapture, Doug. And we're going to look at those first. Are we ready to do that? Absolutely. All right. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Go to the next one, or you have comments? Yeah, go to the next one, and then we'll kind of talk about them. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Yeah, so there's a lot of information just in those two. And uh, a lot of people, I mean, everybody can agree that these two are talking about the resurrection or what we call the rapture. Um, One of the things that I want to address in that 1 Corinthians 15 is it talks about in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, the trumpet will sound and will be changed. A lot of people think that twinkling of the eye means that we're just going to be snatched out at that point. We're just going to kind of disappear. Uh, But that's not necessarily true. If we look at what the rapture looks like, if we look at what uh, Jesus' ascension looks like in, in the first book of Acts, Uh, The apostles are standing there and as Jesus goes up into heaven, they watch as he continues to go up until the clouds hid them or hid him from their sight. And then the angels are standing there and they ask him, why are you all looking up? This same Christ that left you uh, will come back in the same way that he left. So he goes away in the clouds till the clouds hide him. They're letting him know he's coming back in the clouds one day. So it's important because First Thessalonians talks about that as well when it says that uh, we will meet him together in the clouds. Uh, now, both of these scriptures talk about the trumpet, talk about the trumpet sounding. You're not uh, going to insert a Donald Trump joke, are you? No, sir, I'm, okay, I'm not good. going to. Okay, I won't either. <laughs> but it says at the last trump. So we know from scripture that there are seven trumpets, okay, that are going to sound. This says at the last trump. The other one says, at the trump of God. So the other day, I referred to uh, the rapture as occurring at the time that the two witnesses are resurrected. Okay, And so from the clues that we just saw in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, we see the dead rise first, right? And when do they do that? At the last trump, the trump of God. And so Revelation 11 starting with verse 11, gives the account of the two witnesses there. It says, And after three days and a half, the spirit of life from God entered into them, and they stood upon their feet, and great fear fell upon them which saw them. And they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies behold them. And the same hour was there a great earthquake, and the tenth part of the city fell, and in the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and the remnant were frightened and gave glory to the God of heaven. Okay, so as you're reading that, Vince, something that occurred to me today, and and I was uh, talking with uh, one of our production crew about it, is... It says here that when this happens, first of all, let me say this. They watched these two witnesses ascend up into heaven until what happened? A cloud hid them from their enemy's sight. The same thing that happened with Jesus. When Jesus ascended into heaven, these two ascend just like Jesus. Okay, And so we, we see that the rapture is going to look just like it did when Jesus ascended, just like the angels said. But here's the interesting thing that I just kind of noticed today. I had never, I've, I've used this scripture many times to talk about this, but I just kind of saw this today. And so it was kind of like one of those aha moments 
It's a great thing about the Bible is that it's the living Word of God. And so every mm-hmm. time you read it, God gives you a little bit more information. It's pretty, uh, pretty awesome when that happens. So anyway, when this happens, these, these enemies watch these two rise up and ascend into heaven. Now, Vince, if this happened seven years prior to this, it wouldn't be any new news to anybody. It'd be like, oh, that's what happened seven years ago when, you know, everybody rose up and we saw the rapture happen. So this, they're seeing this for the first time. It scared them so bad that they gave glory to God. Okay, so that's an interesting thing that you see in that scripture. It says that the remnant were frightened and they gave glory to God in heaven because they witnessed these two guys resurrect and go up into heaven. So I was asked the question about how does that pertain to the rapture, these two witnesses being uh, brought back to life and lifted up off the ground to meet Christ in the air. And so um, we can all agree that the two witnesses were dead, right? I think so. And Scripture says that the dead in Christ shall rise first, correct? Yes. So these two rise up at that moment. But then look at what Scripture says. They rise up and then this happens in Revelation 11 starting in 15. And the seventh angel sounded and there were great voices in heaven saying... The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, <coughs> excuse me, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. And the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testament, and there were lightnings, and voices, and thunderings, and an earthquake, and great hail." Okay, and so that right there gives us so much more of the information there. So it tells us that in the same hour that this seventh angel sounded, now this is the same thing that's going on here. The two witnesses are brought up, and then the seventh angel sounds in the same hour, and the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ. So God replaces the the nations and the kingdoms of this world, and He establishes His kingdom here on earth. And then it says... Before you go any further, I get excited about this Uh because this is the Great Reset. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Klaus Schwab is talking about a Great Reset. Yeah. Joe Biden's talking about a Great Reset. Every world leader is talking about a Great Reset that's coming. Mm -hmm. And there are things about that that would cause us from a human perspective to be fearful, concerned about our future, concerned about our present. Sure. But when I start reading about how Jesus is going to come back mm-hmm. and all these world leaders that think that they may be a godlike individual, yeah. he's going to come and reset all of that. And no matter what tribulation we've gone through in life, whether it be the great tribulation or just the stuff that life brings every day to us, yeah. all that's going to start looking a lot different. We're going to rule and reign with him. Mm-hmm. That's the great reset I'm looking for and that I hope that everyone participates in. 
Yep, that's a true great reset there. So you, were, you weren't <laughs> going to spend much time on that. I thought we should pause and acknowledge the great reset right uh, here foretold in the Bible. All right, there you go. So there you have it. Uh, Klaus Schwab's not involved in this one. Well, he might be, but well, not. we got to get him safe. <laughs> all right, sorry. But is move, he the Antichrist? <laughs> yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Before we go down that road. All right. And so here we see in this scripture, there's a lot of information here. The trumpet sounds. And then it says, the nations are angry and thy wrath has come. So the wrath of God comes at this point. Right? At the seventh trumpet, the wrath of God comes. And then it says, in the time of the dead, that they should be judged. And that thou should give reward unto thy servants, the prophets... And the saints. So it lets you know that this is when we receive our reward. Okay? So that's a very interesting thing because what is our reward? And and notice again, don't let this kind of slip by, that the wrath has come at the same time as our great reward has come. Okay? And so to figure out what our reward is, we can look at Daniel because Daniel's a prophet. So it says it's time to reward your prophets and your saints. And in Daniel 12, 13, Daniel was given a little bit of information from the Lord. And before we read that, I do want to remind you that uh, when we talk about these things, it helps us out a lot when you hit the share button on Facebook or when you share a link from YouTube, uh, hitting the thumbs up. Or, and the heart is even better than the thumbs up. So give us a heart. And commenting is even better than all of that. So comment, share, hit the heart icon, do all of it. Um, We would appreciate it very much. It helps us get the word out. Um, So Daniel 12, verse 13 says, But go thou thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of the days. Yeah, so he is receiving his reward there. It says, you're going to rest, Daniel, and then at the end of the days, you're going to receive your inheritance is basically what that's saying. If you look at it in a, uh, another uh, translation of the Bible there, it says, As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. Rest there means you will be dead. You'll, you're going to die. You'll be asleep. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted Inheritance at the end of the days is when Daniel's going to rise and receive his inheritance. So the inheritance that it's talking about there, if you want to know what that inheritance is, I pulled up an Old Testament scripture and a New Testament scripture just to kind of look and see what what our inheritance is. So Psalm seventeen fifteen tells us, "As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness; I shall be satisfied when I awake." With thy likeness. In Romans 8 17, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with them, that we may be also glorified together. Yes, yeah, so those those two right there give us some information. Psalm seventeen fifteen tells us that we'll be like Jesus Christ. Well, remember what he was like when he was resurrected. We're going to have that resurrected body. That's what that's talking about. The mortal shall put on the immortality. Remember that Jesus walked into rooms where they were, uh, you know, all locked in there and they didn't uh, 
nobody saw him come in a door. He just appeared in a room, and he could do that. He could appear to people walking down the road. He appeared to the couple walking down the road, went and broke bread with them. They didn't even recognize that it was Jesus. And then he broke bread with them, and they realized as he disappeared that, wow, that was Jesus. We were in his presence there. So we'll be like him. We'll have that heavenly body. Romans eight seventeen lets us know that we're joint heirs with Christ, that we'll be glorified together with Him. And so that word glorified there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, there's some interesting uh, scripture there that also tells us about being glorified with Jesus Christ. And it tells you also when this happens. So this is chapter um, chapter 1, verse 7. Mm-hmm. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. So this tells you when we're going to be glorified in Christ is going to be when he comes with his mighty angels in heaven. And it says that he is going to uh, take vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ there. But then at that time, the same times when he's going to be glorified in his saints... Well, when Jesus was glorified, he was glorified by being resurrected up into uh, heaven. And that was one of the things that we know, because when you look in uh, in John and you see the Feast of Tabernacles there and Jesus speaks of uh, rivers of living water that will uh, come out of your bellies. He was speaking of the Holy Ghost. It says the Holy Ghost had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. So the Holy Ghost wasn't given out until Jesus ascended up into heaven. And then many days later, while the apostles were uh, in one accord praying in the upper room, then the Holy Ghost was poured out. That was after the ascension of Jesus Christ. And so we understand what that glorification is. We are glorified in Christ when we're resurrected to meet him in the air at that time when he comes back with this fiery vengeance. All right, we're going to get into a lot more, including your calls after this break, so don't go anywhere. You can join us by calling 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. And don't forget to go to endtime.com slash rapture. You've got a few days left to take advantage of the life-changing deals there. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. 
The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We'll reiterate again, if you're pre-trib, we're not mad at you. That's okay. Stick around. We love to uh, be in community with you regardless of where you stand on when the rapture happens. The most important thing that we do here is help people know that they're born again and help people get born again. And so uh, that's our primary focus today. just happens to be about the topic of the rapture and the second coming and whether or not there are two events or uh, one big event that's kind of described in slightly different ways or what. So we've got into that to a degree. We have a number of calls we want to get to as well. So we'll do that right now. Let's go to Aaron in Texas. Aaron, welcome to End of the Age. Hey, guys. Thank you. Um, my question is about um, Revelation 1-7. Uh, it says that, Behold, he comes on the clouds. Every eye will see him, including those who pierced him. Now, I know about the first and the second resurrection. And so my question is, will those at the second resurrection somehow see him at his coming uh, at the rapture as well? Okay, well, what are you calling the second resurrection, Aaron? Just so I understand where you're coming from. Well, the second resurrection are those uh, after the 1,000 years, uh, the the resurrection of the dead, correct? Gotcha. Okay. Um, So my question question is, when it says even those who pierced him will see him, is that saying that those at the second resurrection, those... Uh, the resurrection of the dead, does that mean that they're seeing Jesus come on the clouds as well? No, this this is referring to the first resurrection, Aaron. And the way we know that is because those who pierced him, of course, are going to be the Jewish people. And if you look at Zechariah 13, it talks about that, that they'll see Jesus when when he descends and they'll recognize that it's him. They ask in that uh Zechariah 13, where did you receive these wounds? And he says, in the house of my friends. Um, So there are going to be Jews that are going to be saved as Jesus is on the Mount of Olives that are going to cry out to him and he's going to forgive them. They're going to live into uh, the millennial reign. They won't go in the rapture because the rapture will happen before uh, the battle of Armageddon. But these Jews that recognize Jesus at his coming there and that's the thing is we're talking about the resurrection and the second coming the battle of armageddon all these things are the same thing it happens at the second coming of jesus christ well we're going to be resurrected we're going to return with him to the battle of armageddon and these jews are going to recognize jesus having these wounds and then they'll live into the millennial reign when they ask for forgiveness there does that help you uh, yeah, it does. I understand. 
understand that, but I guess what you're telling me is basically those who are in the second resurrection, those who are dead, who are not in Christ, they won't see Jesus at his coming. Jesus is going to be reigning on earth when they're resurrected. So now whether or not those people actually see this second coming and they and they are not resurrected and they die and then they're brought up at the second uh, resurrection after a thousand years. I mean, there will be people that see this happen because every eye is going to see Jesus come down, but not everybody's going to worship the Lord. And we know that not everybody's going to be raptured at that point. There's going to be people that are going to die during uh, that time, during the Battle of Armageddon. Well, they won't be resurrected until that thousand years is over, according to Revelation chapter 20. Because we know that the people there in 4 through 6 of Revelation chapter 20, they're the first resurrection and they include the people that are here during the tribulation because they didn't take the mark of the beast or worship the beast and because of their testimony for Jesus Christ. And so that's the first resurrection. That second resurrection, those people will not be resurrected until that great white throne of judgment. Okay. Well, I think I follow what... I think you've answered my question, so I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Now, Doug, what do we say when people say, um, you know, how could Jesus return as a thief in the night or um, a, a twinkling of an eye and we actually, how can that happen and we also know that it's coming? Or at least we may not know the exact second, but we know the general time. Yeah, so in Thessalonians, Paul tells the people, he said, um, you know, I don't need to tell you about the time or, or hour, but you will know the season, basically, is what he says, that you, uh, the Lord will come as a thief in the night, but it shall not take you as a thief, because you're not children of the night, but children of the day. And he tells us to keep watch. And so there's many different things that tell us. These scriptures that we've been going through up to this point explain to us at the time Jesus is coming back. And so there, there's events, specific events, uh, like the revealing of the man of sin that Paul tells us that, uh, you know, in Second Thessalonians, uh, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he tells us it's at the coming of Jesus Christ and are being gathered unto him. So he's talking about the return of Jesus Christ and are being gathered together unto him in the clouds. And it says that you won't be uh, shaken in mind or troubled, neither in spirit or word or by letter from one of us, saying that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin, the son of perdition, is revealed. So we know that we will not be raptured up until after this happens, because that's what Paul's talking about. The second coming of our Lord and our being gathered together cannot happen until that man of sin be revealed. And so we know that that doesn't happen until halfway into this final seven years that we've talked about so much on this program. Um, You know, when the Antichrist stands in the temple, stops the daily sacrifice and claims to be God and to be worshipped as God. So we know that that event, based on Matthew 24, starts the Great Tribulation, right? Yep. So we're going to be here during the Great Tribulation because I just referenced Revelation chapter 24 through 6, and it says the first resurrection includes those 
who would not take the mark of the beast. Well, the mark of the beast will not be given out until the man of sin is revealed. And so that's the final three and a half years. So the, we're going to be here through the tribulation period. And there's also scripture that tells us that. That's Matthew 24, 29 through 31. Jesus says immediately after the tribulation of those days. So for Jesus' first coming, mm-hmm. there were many people who did not know that he was here. Mm-hmm. But there were also people who, you, you, you made a reference to uh, watch for these things. Mm-hmm. There were people who were watching apparently for this to occur. Right. And they actually came and brought gifts for his arrival. Um, yeah. And perhaps um, uh, more than that even. And so um, it seems like you're saying that for those of us watching for him and know what we're looking for, it's not going to be a thief in the night. However, for those who have no clue, very similarly to his first coming, it would be like a thief coming in the night. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and what Jesus references a lot of times is that it'll be like it was in the days of Noah. It'll be like it was in the days of Lot. And it says people were marrying and giving unto marriage. They were just going about life as just an everyday thing, not paying attention to the things around them, not paying attention to the fact that Noah was telling them that rain was coming and it was going to flood the earth and they needed to repent and get into this ark. Uh, They just went about life. They weren't listening to the warnings that were coming Uh, And so they were taken by surprise. But Noah and his family wasn't taken by surprise because they were looking for this flood to come. So Mm -hmm. it's the same thing. If we're looking for Christ, that day's not going to take us like a thief. We're going to know by the things that are going on that we are very close to the return of our Lord. So you're saying the rapture happens after the Great Tribulation? Yes. Not during or before, Mm -mm. immediately after the tribulation. Yes. And that's what scripture says. That's what Jesus said himself. So, I mean, we can read that scripture or we can wait a little bit. Oh, let's wait. Okay. Uh, let's go to Daryl in Texas. Daryl, welcome to End of the Age. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Hi, Daryl. Welcome. Hey. I'm at work, but I have a question. What's your question today, sir? Well, I, I went back and listened to your... Daryl, can, uh, can you hold your phone up closer to your mouth? I think we're having a little trouble hearing you because it's... Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm in the operating room, but can you hear me now? The operating room? Yeah, where I work, I work in a hospital. Well, you might need to hang up and get back to business. <laughs> no, if you're operating no, on a family it, member or a friend of no, mine, I might want you to hang no, up. <laughs> no, we always get ready for the next day. Okay. Okay, okay. okay but here's, here's my question. I went back and I listened to everything you said about the rapture, I believe like you said, but can you explain in Revelation, I don't have to, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, it seems like a pre-trip. Yeah, we can explain that. So Yes, please explain that. To okay, me. so the, the thing is that the book of Revelation is written... Uh, differently than a lot of us realize and understand until you read chapter 1 of Revelation, verse 19. And it says, To write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. 
Well, chapter one are the things that thou hast seen. That's what John is seeing. Chapter two and chapter three are the things which are. So this letter that you're referring to, it's Revelation uh, 3.10 that you're referring to. Yes, sir. It is speaking to the Church of Philadelphia specifically. John writes seven letters to those churches, and that's speaking to those churches. The things that happen hereafter begin in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4 of Revelation, and everything from then on is prophecy. So when you look at Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the uh, first uh, voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, said, Come up hither, and I will show you these things which must be hereafter. So everything from then on refers to prophecy. What happened in chapter 3 was churches that existed at the time John wrote those letters, and he wrote that letter specifically to the church in Philadelphia. And wasn't talking about a rapture. No, he wasn't talking about a rapture. He was he talking. Wasn't, he wasn't talking about it because I've heard, I mean, I always believe in a uh, free trip because I've, you know, I've listened to a lot of folks, like you say, I've even heard a famous pastor say, well, we ain't going to be here. Mm-hmm. It always threw me off, you know, because I'm like, you know, how, you know, because most of the time, I, I mean, I listen to your whole program on the rapture, and I believe everything you, you know, you said about, you know, Christians being prosecuted and all that. I'm in America. I'm just going to get, I'm just going to get off either when there's people all over the world are being prosecuted. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But that was my question and uh, had me kind of dumbfounded. And uh, I think I listen to you guys every day at uh, work, uh, a lot of work uh, at home. Well, I we appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yes, sir. Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you. All right. God bless. Uh-huh. Well, Doug. Yes, Vince. How do you feel you're doing so far? Uh, man, I'm just I'm just showing them the word. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you feel that's going? Well, I because hope you know there, this is a uh, some reason it has become a controversial conversation, mm-hmm. and you know you get people call you some dirty names when you start <laughs> teaching differently than what yeah. they've heard their whole life. Well, sure. Yeah, that that old false prophet word gets thrown around quite a bit. But, you know, when you look at Scripture and you can back it up, like I said, we've got 25 Scriptures that prove a post-tribulation rapture. We're not going to go through all those today, but we have them. All right, we'll be right back. There's open lines at 877-END-TIME. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began the ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner.
Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're talking about the rapture versus the second coming today. Interesting conversation. That is certain to work some folks up, Doug, but uh, we feel like it's important that we tell the truth as best as we know it, and we're committed to doing that even when it's controversial. And so uh, our name used to be Politics and Religion many years ago, and uh, it's just kind of part of the thing. When you start talking about politics and religion at the same time or Bible prophecy in general, uh, sometimes it can get a little controversial, and that's okay. Uh, we feel like that we should be able to have differing opinions and to be able to have civilized conversations with each other in the process. So uh, we are happy to talk about it any time we possibly can. So let's go to John in Tennessee. John, welcome to End of the Age. Yes, good afternoon to the two of you. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, before I get started, I want you to let you know that uh, hopefully that uh, Dave is healing up fine and will be. In good shape pretty soon. He is doing great. He's here today, but we had already adjusted the schedule um, because of his conference plan. And then also Doug is having a grandbaby tomorrow. And so we uh, made some adjustments. So that's why we're here today. Thank you, John. Anyway, I am going to start a Bible study of prophecy utilizing understanding the end times. And I know that I'm going to run into people who will have uh, rather strong arguments at me about what is going to be said in a few places. And I was wondering, since you folks have done this many times, do you have the uh, Cliff Note versions of uh, answering uh, scriptures for those questions available? We we have a few things, John, that I can send you to kind of help. But the majority of uh, the questions and the answers, uh, you know, that's going to take some study just to be able to, to oh, yeah. talk to them and, and help them understand. But we're always here if you run into something where uh, you, you just can't answer that and you want some help from us. You can always just contact uh, any of us, and we'll be happy to help you. But I do, I do have some things like this: twenty-five uh, scriptures of a post-tribulation rapture. Uh, we we have stuff like that available, and so there Great. there are some things there, and a lot of it also, John, you can find uh, on our website. So if you just go to that search and you type in a question that someone has, uh, there's chances that it's been answered and that it's on our website. Uh, We've done that with some of Pastor Baxter's questions that he's received, and he's actually answered the questions for you. And so you Great. can just kind of uh, search that question and see uh, if if it's been answered there. And that's just a good way to utilize that uh, website of endtime.com. Okay, great. I will remember to send you an email asking for what you do have, and I will also try that out. Hopefully... I'm prepared enough to handle most of it. <laughs> John, you're, you're a student on Jerusalem Prophecy College, right? We have. My wife and I both have been through it. Course 2, there is, uh, I think it's, I'm looking at it right now, let me find it. Lesson 11 in Course 2 is when will the rapture happen? Right. If you recall, you received an outline with that video. 
I bet that outline would be very helpful for what you're looking Good, for. Good, because I've, I've got all those. I've printed out the outlines and the uh, comments that were made. Yep. I think that would probably be very helpful for what you're needing. And if, like Doug said, we've got a lot of other stuff we could share as well. Excellent. I'll go after that. Anyway, congratulations on the grandchild mm-hmm. coming. Doug. Thank you. I appreciate Thank that. Thank you very much for the answers. It's good to see the two of you in. It doesn't do Dave a harm at all to have an extra day off. That's <laughs> right. Out. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thank right, you. God Thank bless you. Let's go to Bob in Florida. Bob, welcome to End of the Age. Hey, good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. I, I have been a big fan of the end time for years. I used to listen to Irving uh, every, every day at 3 o'clock. So I'm... I missed him, but I miss him. But uh, you guys are doing a good job. Well, thank, thank you. you we appreciate it. We miss him I as have well. A question. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you. I have um, did a little studying on with this rapture thing because I used to be in the camp of where you guys are. It's not happening till Christ comes back. However. I've done a little research on a Galilean wedding, which, if you look at the two parables, the parable of the ten virgins, that's part one. That's the betrothal part of the Jewish wedding. About a year later in their culture, the wedding feast would take place. That's the parable of the wedding feast that shows up. Jesus talked about the Galilean wedding throughout his whole ministry, from beginning to end. And he did it because they were all, outside of Judas, all of them were Galileans. And in fact, his first miracle was at a Galilean wedding. And the difference between that one and any other Jewish wedding that you know, um, they were all, what the word term is, uh, they were all free, the marriage was all set, whatever that term is, I can't remember. Um, the difference of the Galileans, though, the father of the groom was the only person that ever knew when the day and the hour of the wedding the groom didn't know, the bride didn't know, the bride's father never knew, nobody. That's where Jesus comes up with, no man knows the day of the hour of his return. Nobody. That's the wedding. That's a direct reference. Now my question to you guys, because I'm always in the camp of, you know, I'm not sure which one, but be ready so you don't have to get ready. All right. So, Where do you guys stand on those two parables that directly associate with the wedding? Well, I had to. I would have to ask the question: When does the marriage supper take place? In their culture, there's a year between, and they did this on purpose between the betrothal and the wedding feast, because they believed. Number one, it went without saying, we're going to wait for more than nine months just to make sure the bride is not pregnant. 
make sure she is pure. But number two, they waited that long because both the groom and the bride had a job to do. The groom would literally tell his bride, I'm going away and build an addition onto my father's house. And they would do it. He would take about a year to build the addition onto his father's house because that's where they were going to live. Okay. Well, let me, let me just say this to, to kind of clear up kind of our understanding of this and our belief of this. First of all, um, when we're dealing with the, the scriptures that we're talking about with the resurrection and everything, we're dealing with scripture that's talking about the resurrection and when that's happening. And it sounds like you've done a lot of studying outside the Bible about feast and things like that. And that's fine. That's great that you do that. But I want to show you in Scripture when the marriage supper takes place. Okay, because it gives you a good idea of when it happens. All right. So if you look at Revelation chapter 19, starting with verse one, it says, after these things, I heard uh, a great much people in heaven saying hallelujah salvation and glory and honor and power unto our Lord and our God for true and righteous are his judgments for he hath judged the great whore. Now we know in the Bible Revelation chapter 16 the seventh vial it happens at the end of everything the seventh vial. He destroys mystery Babylon. He spends two chapters talking about it. Revelation 17 Revelation 18, they are watching this as it's happened. These hosts of heaven are looking down and seeing that God has judged this great whore. It talks about she did corruptions in the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged the blood of her servants at her hand. And again, they said, hallelujah, as her smoke rose up forever and ever. And then all of a sudden, as this host is watching the destruction of Mystery Babylon, that happens at that seven vial, <clears throat> they hear the voice of a great multitude in chapter uh, 19, verse 6, and it says, the voice of many waters and the voice of mighty thunder and saying, hallelujah, the Lord God, uh, omnipotent reign, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed with fine linen, clean and white, for fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said to write, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. So the marriage doesn't even happen until the seventh vial has been poured out and mystery Babylon has been destroyed, which goes right along with all the scriptures we've read up to this point, that the re- uh, resurrection happens at the wrath of God and the return of the Lord at the second coming. We're not even there until that point when she's being destroyed. And then all of a sudden the bride's there and we're preparing ourselves. That's when we get our robes is at that supper. That supper doesn't happen prior to this. It happens after this. So it kind of, that helps you understand about the marriage feast, the marriage of the lamb. Right. No, that, that makes sense because that, like I said, that he references that wedding for so many times, uh-huh. and I'm like, well, I've never heard of a timeline How, between, we know in their culture when it is, but right. up until you read that one, I'm like, 
where well, Bob, Bob, are you on end of the age plus? No, sir. Are you good with the internet and websites per se? Yes. Yes. Okay, if you go back on hold, uh, Brittany's going to get your information. We're going to gift you with some access to End of the Age Plus. On End of the Age Plus, we've just released a lesson in the last, oh, I guess it's earlier this year, mm-hmm. called The Future According to Bible Prophecy. And what this lesson is is a timeline of God's of God's timeline from the beginning of time to the end. And we go through a timeline in this lesson. So get on hold and uh, Brittany will get your email address and we'll send you access to that. And um, you'll have access to the whole thing, but specifically check out the future because there is a timeline there. I think you'll like it a lot. We are running out of time, so I have to let you go. Um, But stay on hold so we can get your information. Thanks for your call, Bob. God bless you. Uh, Doug, we've got one minute left before we are done for the day. How do we want to wrap this up with well, everyone? Like we said, Vince, you know, we, we don't want to cause uh, any contention with anybody over the timing of the rapture. Too late. It's, it's just <laughs> we've had the questions. I wanted to address the questions today. <laughs> Bottom line is, is like we've heard in these calls is be ready yeah. because we never know when the Lord's coming specifically for us individually. And so we just need to be prepared. So make sure that you are born again and that your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Go to endtime.com slash reborn to learn more about what it means to be born again. And if you've been waiting for Dave to come back, come again tomorrow. He'll be here uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time. We'll go live. Also, don't forget to go to endtime.com and watch.endtime.com. Access thousands of hours of content totally free. Go do that today. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central Time. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.